Welcome back to Mouthpiece. I am Savage Dan. Holy the magic man, Malanaji here. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe. And this time, we are starting with a quiz. So, Paulie, this is for you. Seeing as we are in the Olympics right now. Question number one. Boxing, since its introduction into the Olympic Games, has been contested at every single time. Do you know what year it began? Boxing um, at the Olympics, not the actual Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh... Because I, I don't even know the history of the Olympics. I mean, I, I feel like the Greeks had uh, some sort of competitions that might have been the Olympics, I guess. But then they, you know. Yeah, they did. Uh, we're going to go with the modern the Olympics. Mo modern, Just the Marcus Queensberry type of rules. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Let's say uh, 19... Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know if I have my math right at this point. Um, 1906 or something. You was close. You was really close. Uh, 1904. 1904. See, I was off. I was off in the Olympics. It year. was exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Since then, it has taken place every single Olympics except for one in 1912. Do you know where that was, and do you know why? Interesting. Nah, I have no idea. I learn something new every day. What, what? Yeah, it wasn't actually that long after. It was 1912 in Stockholm. And do you want to, do you know the reason? Do you want to guess? Was boxing banned over there? It was indeed. I feel like until quite recently, yeah, well, th well, there's a lot of I, European countries. I knew professional boxing was banned in Sweden until recently. I didn't yep. realize uh, it was also at one time banned in the amateurs. That's interesting. Throughout all the years, boxing at the Olympics has been a male sport only. Do you know what year the women's game was introduced into the Olympics? Uh, I feel like this is after the 2000s. Um, I'm going to say yep. 2008. 2008 was the last time it was a men's only competition. Oh, so 2012. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you that point anyway. <laughs> so 2012 is when women came into boxing okay. in the Olympics. All right. Um do you know what year, Paulie, that you had to stop wearing headgear at the Olympics? Well, I feel like they stopped wearing it. They weren't wearing it up until 1984, they weren't wearing it, right? 1980 and before, they weren't wearing it. Then the 1984 until 2012, I think they had headgears on. And was it 2016 they started with no headgears? 2016, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so from 1984, so 1984 to 2012, they were headgears, headgear Olympics in boxing. Well, I actually didn't even have 1984 here written, so I'm just gonna guess. Yeah, because in 80, you've got that right. 76, all those years there was no, there's no headgear. When Ali won the gold medal, if you look at the footage, there's no, there's no, no headgear. Yeah, no Sugar Ray Leonard won it. There's no headgear. Uh, well, they say they say it's because uh, it reduces the or or having a headgear, having a headguard on increases the risk of concussion. I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I always prefer sparring without a headgear. I don't think there's a definitive answer to that. I feel like you know this is one of those things where where you let where where you let where when you let only medical people or only book nerds decide. It's not yeah. exactly you don't get exactly a, a definitive answer. It may very yeah. well be that concussions are more apt to happen with headgears. I honestly didn't find it that way. Uh, when I boxed, um, I also not that I didn't think that the headgear protected you totally. I mean, I, I do, but I do think that the headgear does bring some sort of protection. But, but I also think uh, the main the main focus on a headgear was to not get cut. I feel like mm -hmm. it's a lot tougher to get cut and to cut your opponent. 
when you have uh, a headgear on. And I think that was really something that when I started fighting with no headgears and in my generation, I had to turn pro to do that. Uh, I started realizing the clashes of heads, how often they could happen. Well, with the headgear, yeah. you don't really notice it because you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're rubbing headgear together on the inside. You don't really even notice it. But with no headgear, the skull-to-skull collisions or even the skull-to-skull scrapes on one another, they yeah. can be very uncomfortable. So, I'm sure there's probably loads of things that come into it as a whole in terms yeah, of, absolutely. you know, there's, there's different types of headgear in terms yeah. of weight, yeah. you know, the winning, winning FG2-2900 or whatever yeah, it is. It was, also, so uh, light. it was also a competition-style headgear where, you know, the, the, yeah. that, were, that were sanctioned by the, the AIBA and uh, the yeah. uh, amateur organizations where when you competed, you had to wear this kind of headgear or at least this weight, yeah. uh, this kind of padded or not padded headgear, you know, the, the bigger padded headgears you wouldn't be allowed yeah. to wear in competition anyway. Uh, strangely enough, women's boxing still has headgear despite all this research into uh, this increased and, risk and, of and concussion. That's, and again, that's exactly my point. You see, I see that, that's exactly the point I'm making. You're, you're telling me that there's more risk of concussions, but then you're allowing it to remain in with the women. So so by allowing it to remain with the women, you're saying it's, you're, you're inadvertently telling me it's safer to, to wear headgears, right? Because, well, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be It just doesn't make enough risk. sense. Yeah. It doesn't make it doesn't make any any sense really. I, I'm guessing what they might be trying to get at is that <laughs> the punch power is different. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. And maybe so, but who knows? Yeah, right? it's just, know. It looks like it's six of one, half a dozen of the yeah, other. There, exactly. Like like a lot of today's rules and politics. Also, this isn't a question. It's more of a a fun fact. Uh, until 1948, there was a bronze medal playoff. Um, so I'm not sure if anyone's noticed, but. You get one gold medal in boxing, you get a silver medal, uh, and then you get two bronzes. Do you prefer the two bronzes? I'll tell you what. Do you- From a fan point of view, I prefer the, the bronze medal playoff. I do. Yeah. But if I was competing, yeah. I, you know, I'd, love, I'd love to know that if I got to the semis, I could just you know, win a bronze medal. You know? so, yeah. so I guess it depends on which aspect I'm looking at it from. It's strange, isn't it? I- I personally think you should have to fight for the bronze, the bronze yeah, medal, from, but uh, yeah, yeah. From a fan, um, I mean, yeah, from a fan perspective, I, I kind of even like even it, not yeah. from a fan perspective, I, that makes sense only if you are the competing fighter. Yeah, yeah. But for every uh, everything else, yeah. it, it just for yeah, for I what agree. competition stands for, it doesn't really make I sense. Agree. Well, like, you know? it's like these. Uh, nothing ever makes sense with uh, you know a lot of a lot of the organizations and the full rules they come into and, and why they make certain rules. You know. Uh, Look at the Euro we just had, European Cup, right? You don't, 2014 European Cup, uh, not to go constantly go back to football, no third place yeah. match. When the World Cup had a 2014 World Cup up until 1994, it was always a third place match, you know? Yeah. So it just kind of makes it up as they go along. The final one, Paulie, who has the most medals in the Olympics? Boxing, of course. Um, I'm going to give you a short list USA, Cuba, Great Britain. And Italy. Rank them. I, w- I would have probably put the Soviet Union over Italy, but um, I, I'm going to say Cuba. Um, I'm going to say USA, England, and then Italy. I, although I would assume the Soviet it's Union. I would assume the Soviet Union probably has more. Well, they're not on this list, so I'm not sure who gave me this list. Yeah, because I would assume and the, I really so- I would assume the, the Soviet Soviets, Union. I would assume the Soviets would have had more medals than England and the USA. But. These were the only four I had. I'm presuming 
that these are the four that are top, but I could be wrong because there does seem to be a biggish gap between them. So yeah, USA Italy, is actually I top. Think Italy is known for a lot of medals in boxing. Exactly. Um, Italy is fourth, correct, with 47. 15 gold, 15 silver, and 17 bronze. Next in third place of those four uh, is Great Britain with 56, 18 gold, 13 silver, and 25 bronze. Next is Cuba with 73 medals, 37 gold, 19 silver, 17 bronze. And quite far ahead of them is the USA with 50 golds, uh-huh. 24 silvers, and 40 Sorry. bronzes, adding up to 114 Sorry, Olympic I, medals. I, I, I confused USA and Cuba. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's probably just because Cubans are amateurs for so long. Yeah, and yeah. For the That's most part, the whole thing. One. But you know what? I guess also Cuba has only had a, a communist Olympic team since what 1960. So probably before that, yeah, they were. You know, they were. They weren't getting as many medals even. You know? Still doing very very good for for an island yeah, the for size island of nation, them. Of course. Now, Team GB. I'm not sure if you're aware, Paulie, are on track to bring home more medals than they have ever brought home before. Uh, I know it's you're always on track until you're not on track anymore, but this could be the tournament where we where we medal the most. I, I, um, I, I, I think it's also um, to do with, you know, without that computer scoring system, once they've done away with it, you, you give the yep. the opportunities to styles like uh, Western European styles to, to blossom a little bit, you know, because a lot of Western yep. European boxing styles or even North American boxing styles are are uh, more professional than anything else. So by taking away the computer scoring system, um, you're given an opportunity to uh, score on, on on other effective stuff and not just a game of tag. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a more complete boxing style can be rewarded. So I, I, it's not surprising that uh, England is doing this well. Or Great Britain Definitely looks like these these are the, the, the amateur fighters who already look like professionals in terms of their style, probably because yeah. of that rule and because there is no point scoring yeah. system. Um, but in Sydney to, uh, Sydney 2000, Audie Harrison brought home the gold and David Price brought back the bronze. Gosh, that seems a lifetime ago. Yeah. and then, Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I don't know how it is in the UK, but I can easily see a major dip once they started, when, when they went away from the regular scoring and went to the computer scoring. I mean, from 1988, yeah. 1984, 1976, the US Olympic team was bringing a lot of medals home. Um you go to 1992 when suddenly there was a major, major dip. And there was a major dip in every Olympics where the computer system was used for the USA. So um, okay. I think uh, it's severely hampered our, our, our ability to create uh, boxers that would be successful in the amateurs. I think the US still creates uh, guys who are successful in the pros, but in the amateurs, I think it really hampered us. So I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not surprised that England also uh, is having big numbers, bigger numbers now. That, uh, that, yeah. that type of scoring system was done away with because you could actually reward overall boxing ability and overall boxing the overall boxing landscape that I just felt like the computer was a game of tag probably does have a double-edged sword though because we have seen some horrible horrible decisions made uh, and judges calling fights in particular ways when there isn't a, a computer yeah, scoring system yeah but you know what system. you also saw some terrible scoring system for, for the computers too I mean I would see some horrible yeah. scoring with computers you know it, it, is it, there it, someone it, sitting behind the computer pressing there, uh, it's every just, time you know what it's made to it's made to you know take take away the human emotion out of it you're just pressing the buttons but a lot of, a lot of times it's so difficult to score that way because there's exchanges yeah. there's guys punching at the same time you know how do you press the yeah. button or you know you th- both guys throw a three four punch combination in an exchange so both guys are throwing that many yeah. fast punches blah 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 brown attack attack how do you score that? 
You know, like, what were yeah. you watching? You know, and then all of a sudden they, yeah. they split and they, they come out of the, they come out of that exchange. They come into another exchange. They go around the ring. Yeah. It's just, it's too much to keep up with. It's, 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 an, yeah. it's the, also the reason why I can't stand punch stats in, in, on, in TV fights. I noticed when I was working for Sky in England, you guys didn't really do the punch stats, which I really liked. In America, um, it seems like fans are dumber unless you give them numbers um, to, to yeah. where they can score things. Uh, they don't understand what they're watching. So, you know, the, the networks here won't want to punch that. But it's the same thing as a computer scoring system where basically it is impossible to gauge a, a, a connected shot. You just can't do it because you don't know yeah. what's landing clean, you know. And the thing, so just what I described to you, in the middle of a big exchange, both guys firing yep. shots, both guys short, crisp shots, the nice exchange. You also have to figure out what's landing clean, what's not landing clean. Yep. There's only a clean landing shot really is what, what yep. you score, what doesn't. It's too much to do. And you only have one second to yep. press the button. You know, it's like, and, and the judges are 150 years old on top of that too. So it, it was just too much work. Reflexes are gone. They're gone. Their reflexes yeah. are gone. It was too much. Uh, it was, their eyes are gone too. How do you, how do you keep up with that? You know? So, yeah. so, um, it was very difficult, but of course the other two are sort of, like you said, Nate, I mean, when, when you don't have the computer scoring system, now you have judges who now can play the favoritism a lot, a lot better. You know, uh, yeah. you, you get situations like. You did with Roy Jones in nineteen eighty eight and you get that you get those type of situations again. Yeah. Um I remember uh who's the Irish fighter for uh for um for um uh works fights with top rank? Uh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he uh he had a controversial decision where he gave the middle finger to the uh to the uh to the judges, yes. you know. So yeah. and that was uh, in two thousand sixteen. You know, I think that's when they had gone away from the computer as well. So, you know, you you're going back to that. So it's damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? But I'd, uh, yeah. I'd, I overall for the overall appreciation of boxing, you just get better boxing when you don't have it's the, the eye test. The, it's always yeah, it, when you don't have the computer. It's exactly like football, where where they they will bring a stat out and they'll be like, oh, he has had you know twenty five key passes, but yes, these numbers are all good, but nothing beats the eye test. Just yeah. knowing oh, what you're looking at. I, I mean, we've had this conversation uh, off the air uh, with, with yeah. Italy and Ciro Mobile. Ciro Mobile, you look at his Italy stats, he's scoring a million goals against the Maltas, the Luxembourgs of the world, uh, as Azerbaijans <laughs> of the world. You put him in a tournament, you, the, the guy watches the game from the field. You know, he's not playing. He's watching yeah. the game. He should be charged for a ticket. You know, so, so yes, the statistics and numbers can be deceiving. Um, we had Emir Khan in 2004, who got the only medal for us, bringing home a silver. Beijing 2008, James DeGale brings home the gold. Tony Jeffries bring home the, the bronze. And then we have what could be called favoritism, because London 2012, we brought home five medals. Nicola Adams, Anthony Joshua and Luke Campbell all getting gold. Fred, Eden, uh, Fred Evans getting silver and Anthony Ogogo getting bronze. Um, so, yeah, it looks like home advantage is a real thing. Uh, not just having a crowd behind you, but maybe the crowd the judging can too. get on the judges' yeah. backs. It, it affects the judging, it really does. That was 2008 for China, right? They had a, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And of course, um, we all know Korea, 2000, uh, Korea 1988. Um, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> that it, honestly, that one it doesn't get. They should still be overturning that now. You know what's funny about that one? Uh, I, I we, my uh, my brother actually recently we were discussing that fight. We, we mean you and I had talked about it on the show, and I forgot I had seen the highlights because I was I was young in 1988. But uh, Sungji Park or whatever his name is that robbed Roy Jones the finals. He should not even yep. been in that fight. He robbed Vincenzo Nardiello in the quarterfinals. <laughs> You know, he should have not even been in the medal round. Vincenzo Nardiello yeah. beat him in the quarterfinals, clearly. 
and they robbed Nadia. Yeah, that was also. crazy. That guy, they had to get that guy a gold medal. Was he he yeah. had to rob everybody on the way to the final. On the way, yeah. on the Some, way somebody bidded hard for yeah. that. Somebody oh, made major. sure that that was paid for. His mom was that was big his money. Mom maybe was in there and, and with the uh, with with all the commission or the the, the IOC yep. or his father or something. Big money involved somebody there was, had to be. Somebody was doing some paying or some financing or whatever. What else? What else you want to call it? In theory, I'll put it out there. Yes, in theory, <laughs> hypothetically, potentially, all of those grey area words. Um, T- Rio 2016, we had Nicola Adams getting gold again. Joe Joyce getting silver and Joshua Boazzi getting a bronze. Where does meddling in the Olympics rank amongst achievements? When when it's all said and done, not, not when you're on your journey, but when it's all said and done, if you have got your Olympic gold, is that worth more than unifying a division? I think so, yeah. I think it's the, it's the biggest accomplishment. It, it's not... Obviously, there are other things you're going to accomplish that will get you paid money and, and more money. Yeah. The gold medal springboards all of that, though. But having said yeah. that, nonetheless, I do think when it's all said and done, what you accomplish in the amateurs, you realize is a very, very tough because you don't get to pick your opposition. You don't get to be uh, uh, nurtured in the same way you are as a pro where you're developed strategically. Yeah. In the amateurs, it's all tournament style. It's all um, uh, luck of the draw sometimes and you've got to go about it the hard way the easy way however way it comes to you there's no way you control you have any control of it your team doesn't have any control of it um, and so you're facing tough competition a lot a lot so for me uh, and plus the the um, the uh, the level of the Olympics the um, the royalty of the Olympics the you know it, it, the, the perception of, of what the Olympics are because you know Again, in the amateurs, it's very difficult. You, you'll beat the same guys at the World Amateur Championships, but then at the Olympics, you know, maybe you, you won't have the same result. You know, it's also the, the, a little bit of yeah. luck involved where you have a great Olympic tournament, you know, because like I said, you'll have, you have the same type of guys, opponents at the World Amateur Championships, but, you know, maybe yeah. you'll do better on one and not the other. I've seen World Amateur Champions lose in the first round of the Olympics and vice versa, you know? So, yeah. so uh, it's also the timing and everything. I think the Olympic gold medal becomes the most special thing of all. Um, and I used to tell my friend, uh, James DeGale, this. I used to tell him all the time. I was like, no matter what. Because, you know, he used to get frustrated with the with the, with the the uh, criticizing he got at the end of his career and all of this stuff. As we mm-hmm. all do, obviously. You know, it all comes to yeah. an end for us. But I told him, I said, you know, you're, you're going to look back on that gold medal. And you're going to appreciate it the most, you know. Because they can take everything away. They can say, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. They'll always say something. But you got a gold medal. And a gold medal is be be all end all for everything and then yeah. you're not going to understand that until it's all said and done and it's over and mind you again i'll remind everybody if anybody has any help in getting james gold medal back please 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 come forward uh he got his gold medal robbed from his house last month unbelievable right in the news this week caleb plant canelo alvarez is off apparently there's some kind of issues with insurance fees for Canelo should uh, should Caleb Plant pull out of the fight and because of that that's not happening um, a lot of people doubted that fight was ever going to happen anyway it seemed like there was a lot of I's to yeah, dot and T's um, to cross I'm not, I mean, uh, in terms of negotiations for that of, fight uh, you know, I, a lot of people saying a lot of things and I don't know what the exact reasoning was um, for everything um, so I, it, it's Unfortunately, we're not going to get that fight. I think it would have been a good fight. I would have probably favored Canelo, but it would have been a fight I would have liked to see. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I don't have all the details. And I'm not going to be one of these guys who sits on the couch and says, uh, oh, the fight didn't happen for this one. I only have part of the story. So 
I will do that then. I'll be the guy that says it. I don't think that happened because that you heard in the build up to it that Caleb uh, Caleb was was potentially pricing himself out uh, and and try to maximize the money as you would. You know, you're fighting the sports cash cow. You want to get the maximum amount of money you would, but there is a thin line you can that that you've got to. Make sure you're staying on the right side of when you are negotiating, yeah. and perhaps. Of course, I heard that it was some issues with the rematch clause uh, in KC one, um, but I also heard they couldn't agree on the Olympic style drug testing, which is very, very fishy, fishy if that's the case. But, but again, I, I don't, I can't, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, um, enough info to know that for sure. All of that, all of what I just said for sure, you know, I, those are the rumors that I heard. One of them was that they couldn't agree. Caleb wanted more uh, than Canelo was willing to give up on the rematch clause, which I, I can see from Caleb's point of view. If he, if he beats you, he does want more for the rematch, right? Canelo kind of didn't want to agree to that. But I, I also can't see that making a break in a fight because you have to figure out how to win the first fight in order for that to even come into play ever, you know? Um, but I also heard that uh, uh, the Olympic-style drug testing could not be agreed to as well. But again, I don't, I can't confirm one or the other. I uh, uh which is why I won't play this game uh, to be on the couch. But uh, I'd like to find out more information uh, from people. I just don't want to hear it through the rumor mill. I'd like to com- confirm stuff. Exactly, yeah. It's all speculation at the moment. Um, in terms of speculation, what now for Canelo? Does he stay uh, fighting a PBC fighter? Does he, there's talks of perhaps Benavidez. Or... To tell you the truth. What does um, he do now? I'm not sure where he goes. You know, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Bebo, but I'm not sure, honestly. I don't know. Canelo is obviously a, a huge draw in boxing. He's a social media monster, pay-per-view, big guy, all of that. Um, how much does that play a part in how he negotiates fast or, or how much power he has when he comes to picking his opponents? Usually, you know, you you fight who's put in front of you, but it seems that he yeah. can put whoever he wants. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, you can be very strategic with that. Um, he has all the power. I mean, how much is that? it comes down to him and how much, uh, how, how, you know, what he's willing to prove. And, and also, stylistically, probably they're going to be looking at what he matches up best with, right? So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you got to take your risks, but at the same time, you know, you can afford to take more calculated risks or, you, or the timing of your risks can come into play uh, a lot better when you have all this leverage. Canelo is arguably the... the- the best known name in boxing right now. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Where does he rank in terms of all time, you know, uh, well-known fighters? You know, Mike Tyson is, a, is is someone that everyone knows globally. He's uh, he's one of the guys, he's one of the superstars of the sport right now. I'd say it's him and AJ, you know. Um, doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best, but they're terrific, terrific world-class fighters. And uh, popularity comes along with that. And they have the... The total package that makes them very popular. Right. Also in the news, Josh Taylor is set to fight Catterall for his homecoming. Uh, Catterall is the one who stepped aside for his fight with Ramirez. Uh, and now it looks like he will be the opponent for Josh Taylor when he returns to Scotland. Um, what do you think happens in that fight? Do you think it's, a, it's obviously a big step up for Catterall, but is it something he can... Rise I mean, to, I, or is it I something that, that when you get the opportunity of your life, you always need to rise to it. Um, you you yeah. you, you train that way. You you started boxing, dreaming of that, that this day that this day would come for you. So for it to 
for to be here for him. I mean, I'm happy for him. But of course, you know, to have the undisputed title in front of you, there's a reason uh, Josh Taylor is the undisputed world champion. And so uh, you know, yeah. you've got you've got a, a big task ahead of you, but it's your dream to go for it. So uh, all the best to both guys. That's the best, best I can put it. You know, Josh Taylor is one of my favorite it, it fighters in boxing right now. But I'm happy a guy. I'm yeah, happy when a guy like Jack Catterall does get his opportunity because you know you get a chance to accomplish your dream at, at the fullest. So when when you are when you become unified champ, you hope that you, you don't fall into complacency and that you don't all of a sudden become content with what you've got, um, even though you've got pretty much in that weight division, nothing else to prove, nothing else to gain. Because Josh Taylor isn't a huge name, does that keep the fire burning? The fact that he isn't well-known all over the place, the fact the fact that TV networks don't always pick him up when they should. Yeah. Um, does that does it keep yeah, it I'm burning? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, I tell you, <laughs> I wish I could tell you what it's like to be the undisputed world champion of a weight class, but I, I never accomplished <laughs> that. But I, I assume there's probably always a threat of complacency, but at the same time, wow, you have all four major world titles. I mean, every time you defend them, you know, you defend every time you fight, you are defending every single championship. You are the world champion. You know, everybody says, oh, some, you know, there's the old school type of boxing thing to say, oh, one, one champion per weight class. Well, because you have been so good, you created that in your weight class. So it's something special. It's a, yeah. it's a special mantle you carry every time you get into the ring. You are the only world champion in your weight class. Regardless of all the all the fake belts they keep making for guys like Javanta and, and anybody else, you know there 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 are there is no other 140 pound world title out there that that can be that can be yeah. grabbed. You know you have them all yeah. because if you yeah. if you have it, if you grab even the secondary ones, they'll just create a third or fourth one. You know so so yeah. he has yeah. all the important world championships. He is the only world champion that matters at 140 pounds. Um, anybody who doesn't understand that and has been, hasn't been watching boxing long enough, you know? So, so um, you have that, and I feel like that's a nice weight to carry on your shoulders because you you have, like, there's an old school feel to you. You have all four titles. You are the yeah. only world champion in the weight class. There's, so that makes it old school for you. And every time you fight, you have a chance to keep that tradition going. You are one world champion in, your, in one weight class. Who is the biggest threat to those world championships? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe Javante will be a nice fight, you know, at 140 pounds. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if the politics would make able to make that fight. That would be interesting for sure. Uh, Teofimo Lopez, Teofimo Crawford? Lopez, maybe coming up to, up in weight soon. I don't know if Crawford can get back down at 140, but if Crawford could, sure. Uh, I mean, Crawford has already done that himself. You know, it's, he's he has unified yeah, that title. Yeah. So I don't know if Crawford would be apt to want to come back down for it because he already accomplished that goal. But. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a, a lot of uh, possible matchups there that will be very very interesting if you can cross the uh, promotional barriers or cross the weight class barriers uh, in terms in the in the way Crawford would have to to come back down. There is also one other difficulty because COVID struck again this weekend. It's been striking us all year and for the last sixteen months or however long it's been. Um, Conor Ben was supposed to fight Granados, in which would have been an interesting fight. But we didn't get to see it because of COVID. Um, I'm going to ask for a prediction that you would have had. Were, were you expecting Conor Ben to, to get in there and do the business? I, you know, you would have favored Conor. But Granados is one of those guys. He's always, always tricky. And uh, he's also a guy who's been robbed uh, uh, a few times, you know, uh, He's comes up with a short end of the stick. And possibly, who knows, you know, fighting in England against Conor, 
Maybe that would have happened again. Who knows? I, I feel like I would have favored Connor, but this was a really interesting fight because Connor still had, he stepped up, he's been the goods, and he's the kind of guy you want to keep watching, you want to keep continuing to watch his development because you can see that passion burning in him, and I feel like he's improving every time. But I would have loved to see this uh, because Granados has is that tricky banana skill, banana skin, banana peel for everybody. And sometimes he beats you. <laughs> and sometimes he beats you and he doesn't get the decision. So, so I wanted to see which way it goes. I wanted to see, you know, it, I, I really, really wanted to see, I wanted to see the Connor Ben's improvements and the things that I've been seeing in Connor and the potential that I see in Connor. I wanted to see how it would have matched up against a spoiler like Granada. So I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Well, COVID took that one away. It also took away White versus Povetkin 2 for a while. It took away Lopez versus Cambosis. Uh, it, t- it took away... Fury versus Wilder 3. Um, there's there's probably loads more that I've forgotten about. How bad has COVID affected boxing? Yeah, it's, it's affecting the schedules a lot, you know. Uh, it's uh, schedule, I think it's uh, affects the scheduling of a lot of things, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how, uh, how things proceed. Is there uh I mean, it looks now like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, some fighters, however, though, it might just be dark at the end of the tunnel because if you haven't fought for two years because of this situation and you're a, you you've been a club fighter, you're someone who you're not in huge uh, venues all the time, you're not a, a well-known name. It means that you've been on the back burner for quite a yeah. long time. When you get back in there, are you even the same? Yeah, fighter? yeah, of course. It's uh, it, it can be frustrating for that level guy too, you know, because uh, the big promoters sure they get the dates anyway without the fans. The smaller promoters, yeah. Fighters probably sitting on the bench, you know, sitting on the sidelines. So it's interesting. We'll see. And in closing, on the weekend here in the U.S., we had a, a PBC card at the Newark Prudential Center. A heavyweight prospect, uh, Coffee, uh, got beat by, uh, I guess, a journeyman, Rice. You know, he's thirteen and six um, going into the fight. Uh, Coffee was a New York guy. He was a he was a pretty sought after prospect in New York. I was never fully convinced of him, but I thought he was not a bad fighter. Uh, PBC wanted to sign him. Um, he'd been doing okay, and uh, he got beat this weekend uh, by, uh, I forget the guy's first name, but Rice, um, in, uh, in, in Prudential Center main event. Uh, Vito Melnicki, prospect, got back on the winning track uh, with, a, with a nice win. Joey Spencer, uh, also uh, back with a win. Um, decent PBC card. That is it for this week. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe, all of that, and we'll see you next week.